0: Welcome to the life of Jesus, Term 2, Week 3, and this will be Lesson 15. And we're going to pick up where we left off um, in Chapter 3 and Page 16. In fact, Page 17 is where we left off, but Page 16 is where the thought begins. So we're going to begin there. We're talking about looking at the biological systems. We're looking at the days of creation. Um, And I just wanted to quickly put this in because uh, it was what the Lord created. Okay, the person that lives in you created all of these things and also I think it's good just to have some kind of an idea about creation as well because there's so much controversy out there right now about, you know, did dinosaurs exist and all the rest of it? Yes, they did exist, they found bones and it is in the word of God as well and we're going to see an example of that um, today. Um, it's quite laughable, some of the explanations um, that people have given some of these scriptures, uh, only because, you see, this is a game we have to be so careful that we don't let our preconceived ideas and beliefs get in the way of what the Word of God is actually saying. Do you understand? And um, so, I'll, if the Lord permits... I'll give you some alternate views on what we're looking at. I haven't written them down, but uh, if he lets me, I will. And uh, you'll just see. And I would really want you to understand that there is um, an explanation for everything um, that has been created, and it doesn't involve millions of years. Amen? Amen. So let's begin. In day number 6, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 24, then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so, verse 25. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind. It keeps using that term, according to its kind. right, there's no evolution, it's according to its kind. I'll give you some stuff as we go, that will surprise you. Um, And it says, cattle according to its kind and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Like one preacher said once, see, we have dominion over creeps. Okay. <laughs> so, right. okay, that's a creeping thing, and the, the, the humankind. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good, so evening and morning were the sixth day. Now I read all of that to let you know that all of that happened on the sixth day. It was a busy day. Okay? Now notice that these verses describe two significant events, the creation of man and the creation of animals. Because of the amount of information involved in each, we're going to look at them separately, beginning with the creation of the animals, with verses 24 and 25, saying again now, and this is where we left off. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature, according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beasts of the earth each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and every, uh, uh, everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Now, William MacDonald writes, "...the law of reproduction is repeatedly given in the word, in the words according to its kind." There are significant variations within kinds of biological life but there is no passing from one kind to another. Okay? So did you get that? All right? So we can have hairy dogs and bald dogs and you know short dogs and tall dogs and all kinds of dogs but a dog will never become a cat no matter how long you leave it there. Do you understand? And vice versa. Okay? And this is one of the things that um, evolution, you know, is always saying that, you know, everything came from something else. Um, I want you to understand also that evolution isn't necessarily a science but more of a belief. And people will fight and defend things that are not right because in spite of evidence... See, science is meant to be all about evidence. Mm. Alright, the scientific process is that you observe something, you hypothesize, you observe something, if the thing works according to your hypothesis, then it, okay, that's okay. you can work out equations and everything else. If you hypothesize something, then you, you do something and it doesn't work the way you thought it was going to work, you don't try to make it work that way. You go rethink what you thought. Obviously, what you thought in the beginning was wrong, all right. And um, a lot of the creation scientists today weren't creation scientists; they were evolutionists. One of the the leading people in that field was doc- Dr. Carl Bohr. He was an evolutionist, all right. Today, he runs a creation evidences museum, okay. And so he he was one of those people that was taught and believed in evolution, and he was one of the people also that one day decided, hang on a second, the evidence is saying something else. True scientists go with the evidence. They're not afraid of the evidence. Alright, they'll put their beliefs aside and they'll go with what, what are we seeing and what's actually there. Do you understand? And so, what we find a lot of times is, and this is why it's very hard to convince somebody that believes in evolution I told you it's a belief system, okay, that there is a God. Because they want to believe in evolution. Do you understand? Alright, they don't want to be responsible to a higher power, to something beyond themselves. They want to be in control of their own lives. Do you understand? Amen? Sad thing about that is they are not. (laughs) When you reject God, you open your arms and allow the enemy to come in and control you. Absolutely. And you're not that smart. Sorry to say. Okay. All right. So, in other words, there was no evolutionary struggle for existence, nor did one thing evolve into another. They were all brought forth. All right. Genesis says they were all brought forth from the earth or the ground. And so when they died, they would simply return to the earth. Do you understand? So God created everything from the dust of the ground. Okay, so there was a pre-created material. He then went on to create these things from that. All right, so they didn't come from a soup or some anything else. Okay. In his commentary, Henry M. Morris writes, cattle refers to all domestic animals while beasts of the earth refers, refers to large wild animals, including dinosaurs, and creeping things refers to all the animals that crawl or creep close to the surface of the ground. All three categories of land animals were made simultaneously. Did you get all that? Okay. As to the beasts of the earth, including the great dinosaurs, we see an example of this. I'm not going to prove that giraffes existed. I think we all know that. <laughs> okay, it's the dinosaurs that that cause concern. We see an example of this in Job chapter forty, right? Where it says in verse fifteen through nineteen. Now it's describing a dinosaur. This is not describing a hippo or an elephant, like some people thought, because the tail doesn't doesn't match an elephant. Have you seen an elephant's tail? It's itty bitty. Okay, everything else is big except the tail is really tiny. Okay, and uh, they've had other ridiculous um, explanations let's just read Job chapter 40 verse 15 it says look now at Behemoth which I made along with you showing that God made these creatures at the same time that he did man okay that's on the sixth day he eats grass like an ox Alright? It didn't say he was an ox. He said he eats grass like an ox. Alright? So this is one of those vegesauruses. Alright. It says, verse 16, Now, see now, his strength is in his hips, and his power is in his stomach muscles. Verse 17, he moves his tail like a cedar. Not like a twig. (laughs) Okay? Notice, meaning that this creature's tail uh, resembled an entire cedar tree okay in its size and movement and only the dinosaur can qualify for this in this respect the sinews of his thighs are tightly knit his bones are like beams of bronze his ribs are like bars of iron are you are you understanding this okay he is the first or the chief of god's ways right this last statement tells us that this was the biggest and most dominant creature god ever created Notice it says that he was the first, or literally the chief of God's ways. He was massive. Would have been amazing to see this creature. Okay, it just would have been, wow. Imagine having that as a pet. Anyway, because they, you know, he eats grass. What a lawnmower. <laughs> you know? And there was a lot of lawn to mow. Anyway. Right? And, you know, let me just say this, because I haven't put any of this in here. That was... What the dinosaurs' functions were. They would actually clean up the, the, the animals that would be dead. They were the lawnmowers, they were the cleanup crew, they were your basic, what would you call it? Um, yeah, your waste disposal, thank you. Okay? They would just clean up. A dinosaur drop said, What are you gonna do with it? Those are big creatures. Take you a long time to get through one of those. Do you understand? And so God had to have everything in place. And that was what was amazing. The, there was another dinosaur that would, again, we're well off now, okay? Just, just, I would just want to show you the, how brilliantly God created everything. That everything would recycle and look after itself. All right? So man didn't have to mow the lawn. Man didn't have to go trim trees. He didn't have a ladder. Do you understand? Okay. All of that was taken care of. That's what the big dinosaurs, would, you know, with the long necks, they would just do the treetops. The ones at the bottom would chew on the, the leaves and, and eat the fruit. And it's very interesting. They said that their digestive system was such that it wouldn't digest the seeds. So, um, excuse the image. But, you know, when... It, went through its digestive tract and through its system on the other side would be deposited okay uh, yes. alright seeds that were not damaged okay with all the fertilizer that it would need to get going have you seen a dino do okay with me. okay so see Adam didn't need to go planting seeds either Are you with me? So everything was just, that was the brilliance of the dinosaurs. That was their function. They weren't out there eating everybody. Okay? They were there. They were basically, you know, the local council. They just took care of everything around Adam and Eve. It was literally paradise. And all those creatures did what they were called to do. And there was not one creature nervous next to another creature. Why are you looking at me like that? You know, <laughs> and why <are> you're drooling, <laughs> okay? None of that, all right? All right, so just to let you know basically, all right, how and what God created, why they were created that way, and you know because of the curse, a part of man's help was gone. Do you now understand why God said, You will have to do all these things now? I made everything to look after you, but at the fall. At, and especially at Noah's Flood, All right. now I'm going to have a DVD for you guys. I, I've tried to do the best I can to crop it down. It's about 20 minutes long um, that we'll put and play when we get to that stage all right, that you can actually watch because we do have a TV here. All right, and uh, just to give you a little bit of an insight of what actually happened uh, with the flood and everything else. All right, it's, it's got pictures. So. Pictures are always good. <laughs> all right. So we'll look at that when we get to it but when the covering that god put the firmament collapsed all right the oxygen all of that the levels dropped all right and because of that the dinosaurs couldn't survive so it's because of man's sin listen to me all the help all of the facility all the things that god put on the planet to help adam and eve was gone they brought about their own problems. Alright? so, Because people say, well, why did God do this? And, you know, man was just meant to sweat and work and blah, blah, blah. No, it was never that way. Okay? So, let's move on now. I've, I've taken enough time on that. Didn't really want to say all of that. But I hope that helped and blessed you a little bit. Alright. Okay, so... Once again, um, let me just give you one of the creatures, the dimensions of one of the biggest dinosaurs that they had found on record that fits the, the description, excuse me, that's given in Job chapter f- uh, 40, alright? And these verses that we looked at. It's a, it's a creature that was over 21 meters in height, 42 meters in length, and weighed over 90,000 kilograms, You can see why it was called the chief of the ways of God. Alright, you look at him and go, Okay, that's a big dinosaur. Do you understand? (laughs) Okay. So, by the way, the passage of scripture along with uh, the newly discovered evidence in Glen Rose, Texas, of dinosaur footprints, alongside of man's footprints, proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that God, specifically Jesus Christ, did create both man and dinosaur on day six. They've actually found those things now. There's always questions. You look up stuff like this and you always find somebody saying, oh yeah, it's not true, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, it's one belief system okay, that is coming against whatever evidence is being found. And we're always going to have that fight between light and darkness. It's always going to be there. You're never going to find anything that is going to be 100% proof that with nobody saying anything to the contrary. Do you understand? So don't ever look for that. Alright? Just warning you on those things. Alright, now as we move to discuss the creation of man, we are on uh, page 18 in chapter 3. Here are some facts that might be of interest to you. Firstly, even though evolutionists say that an ape is 98.4% man because it has ears, a nose, a mouth, a chin, the brain, that's how they get these things, alright? What they don't tell you is that the 1.6% difference actually represents 48 million nucleotides in the DNA. Alright, now here is the relevance of that. In recent years, microbiologists have found that if you alter any three, how many? Three, three. okay, just three, of these 48 million nucleotides, are you seeing the fraction here? Okay, three over 48 million, okay? If you change even three, alright, or if they were to undergo any change, the life form immediately dies. Isn't that interesting? So how can anything evolve? Do, do you get what I'm saying? Alright, if any change comes, if three out of 48 million, three little of those little guys start to change, it dies. Isn't that brilliant how God made things? Nothing would evolve. Everything was made after its kind. Whatever it reproduced was after its own kind. Okay? All right. Therefore, there was absolutely no way that an ape could evolve into a man. And why evolution is an impossibility. That being said, let's read again from Genesis chapter 1. Let's go on to the creation of man now, in verses 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man. Okay, that's a generic term, including both male and female. In our image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27 over the page. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created, uh, he created him, literally them. Male and female, he created them. That's the reason why it goes and says them after that. Once again, with the words God said, God creates. Okay? Every time God says, God creates. When God said, let us make man, the creation began. So, a lot of people miss that point. Okay? Every time God opened his mouth, something got created. But this time there is also the word make used in verse 26, meaning that man was both made and created. And to understand how, we will look at Genesis 2 7 later on. All right? That's when it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. This was when man was made, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and something that never existed before was created. Okay? And man became a living soul. Alright? Do you understand? The soul didn't exist. When spirit and flesh came together, a soul was created. Okay? Man became a living soul. Alright? But more on that later. For now, however, generally speaking, when the Bible says created, it means the coming into existence of something out of nothing. The physical universe, okay? So uh, out of nothing came the physical universe, all right? While the words made describes the, fashion, the fashioning of pre-existent matter into various forms, like man's body. So do you understand, cr- whenever it talks about creation, it means something out of nothing. When it talks about made, it means something out of something else. Something was created from pre-existing material. Okay, good. Oh, you guys are doing well. Well done. For this time of the evening as well. Alright. <laughs> Moving on. Biblical scholar Alan P. Ross writes, The sixth day reveals both the culmination and the goal of creation. After bringing order and fullness to the creation, God created human life to enjoy and rule the now habitable world. He explains that the expression, Let us make man, introduces the climax of God's creative activity. Humans are far more than animals. The text shows that human life was set apart in relation to God by the divine plan, let us make man. By the divine pattern as our image or in our image, and by the divine purpose, let them have dominion. Okay? So you've got the plan, let us make man. You've got the pattern in our image, and you've got the purpose, let them have dominion. That's what we were created for. Are you all with me? Okay. Do I need to explain any of that, or are you good with that? We're good? Okay. Firstly, in relation to the divine plan, following the sin of Lucifer and the loss of one-third of the angels, remember again that this was the Lord's plan for a new beginning. Okay, this was His new beginning. And therefore, this time, instead of angels, God says, let us make man. Alright, and I believe that's where that statement came from. It was almost like, okay, we did the angel thing, Okay? Now, this type, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Alright. Second, in relation to the divine pattern, this new being would not only look like God, but also have his own character and personality. Now, these are real key things. Because, see, this is where, again, the whole theory of evolution falls apart. Alright? We we have... um, what can I say? Morality. We have a sense of right and wrong. Okay? We're not driven just by instinct. Alright? We have a conscience. Do you understand? And so for us to have that, it had to come from somewhere. You can't say something evolved and became like that because things don't evolve in that way. Alright? So we and also there is a definite separation from the animals and man. Whereas evolution says they all came one from the other. Do do you understand? So, this is where a lot of things start falling apart. Alright? Alright. So, this being would not only look like God, but have, also have his own character and personality, with God saying in verse 26, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. All right? And verse 27, concluding with, so God created man in his own image. All right. So that was the pattern. All right. Turning the page. Therefore, as a result of being made in the image and likeness of God, Ross says that humans have spiritual life, Ethical and moral sensitivities, conscience, and the capacity to represent God. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Think about it. No animal has that capability. Alright? So, we take it away. <laughs> we, we take this away when we say we came from animals. Do you understand? And then we degrade human life down to an animalistic level. Do you understand? And then we start using terms like survival of the fittest and all the rest of it. By the way, everybody gets that one wrong. Survival of the fittest isn't about survival of what you think is the fittest. It's the thing that fits best in its environment. Never mind. Anyway, I won't go there. I'm getting signs on you now. All right. <clears throat> so... <laughs> This is vividly brought out in Exodus. You you might have never seen this verse before. All right? Exodus chapter 7, where it says in verses 1 and 2 So the Lord said to Moses, Listen carefully. See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. Did you see that? All right? The capacity to represent God. Okay? He said, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak. All that I command you, and Aaron your brother shall speak to Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. All right, so this was how God created us to be, and why it says in Psalm 82, verse 6, I said, You are gods, you are all sons of the Most High. Okay, in other words, <coughs> excuse me, in creating mankind, God, which we now know to be Christ Jesus, actually created a race of beings like himself. And why he says in John chapter 10, verses 34 through 36, preview of coming attractions. Is it not written in your law, I have said you are gods. Wow. Remember they're trying to stone him because he said I'm the son of God. Okay, so he's, he's saying this now. Verse 35, this is where he gets it from, from Psalm 82 to 6. Verse 35, he says... "If." He called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. What about the one whom the father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy because I said I am God's son? Interesting, isn't it? Alright, we'll play with that and we'll discuss that at length when we get to John chapter 10. So... That's why it was such a tragedy when man sinned. And why the Ryrie Study Bible points out that even though man was created in a natural and moral likeness to God, when he sinned, he lost the moral likeness, which was his sinlessness. And why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 5.12, when Adam sinned, sin entered the entire human race. Are you beginning to see the fall now? And appreciate what happened and what God had to restore. It was huge. God made us in His image, in His likeness, gave us all the dominion, the capacity to rule and reign, everything. And then when we fell, our nature fell as well. Everything fell. Isn't that sad? Okay, because of sin. Because of transgression, because of disobedience. Because... Man was willing to listen to a fallen angel and go against what God said. We have to be so careful whose advice we take. Amen? Especially if it's contradictory to something God has said already. I don't care what the reason is behind it. Don't go there. Amen? Never mind. All right. This brings us to the third aspect of human beings, set apart in relation to God, and that is in their divine purpose. When God said, let them have dominion. In other words, over the page, at this point in time, God declares that mankind was not only to have dominion over all animals, but also over all the earth from which he had been formed. We can now better understand what the psalmist meant when he said in Psalm 115 and verse 16, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, listen, but the earth He has given to the children of men. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? Okay, so that was, God's domain is the heavens. Alright? Man's domain was the earth. He gave it to man, the children of man. Alright? That's the reason why Jesus came as the Son of Man. That you may know that the Son of Man has authority, dot, dot, dot. Interesting, isn't it? You can see, see, all of this, when said, wasn't redacted. It was, when it was said, it was said. Do you understand? So, God doesn't forget, we forget, but God never forgets. When He has said, this is the way it is... This is what belongs to you. Well, that continues on. Just because you forget, and because you become crazy, and do everything wrong, and get rebellious, it doesn't change the mandate. You're all here. Okay. The disciples, uh, Discipleship Study Bible says that God placed humans in charge of His material world to manage and care for it. As trustees for God, we act in responsible freedom, free to make decisions, yet... Accountable for those decisions. To catch all of that. Okay? Third, uh, excuse me, this at least partly answers the question if God is such a good God, why is there evil in the world? Okay? It is because man has a free will. I always, it amazes me. How a person will stand there and say, you know, if God is such a wonderful person, you know, how come He lets this happen? The same way He's letting you shoot your mouth off. He could just zap you and kill you right now because of the stupidity that is coming out of your mouth. But does He stop you? No, you can carry on and carry on about garbage all day long. And He'll let you, stupid. I wouldn't. (laughs) Anyway, do you understand? You know, just in that, See, we need to recognize some of these things. Okay? For the person to even ask a question, to be allowed to ask a question, lets you know that God is, is allowing you to do what you will to do, but you'll be judged for the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if He's allowing you to do this stupid thing, well, He's going to allow somebody else to do whatever. Okay? Now, on the other side of things, hey, we can pray. We can bring down the judgment of God. We can do all sorts of things. That is our responsibility as the body of Christ. Amen? We need to understand man has a free will. However, we do have authority to get God involved in ways that will counteract the stupidity of what man is doing. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Because there are people that are listening to him. And while we may not be able to be in a certain place, we can pray and motivate the people that are there and available to do what needs to be done. When God said pray, or when the Lord said pray, that God release laborers, it's not just to save people through salvation. It is whatever needs are out there. Yes, at that point in time, he meant that, but you can extend it. And I think you can see how we can do that without going against the scripture. Okay. So, it is because man has a free will, and sadly, following the fall, some choose to exercise that will for Satan and against God and other human beings, for which they will be judged. Um, If you want to just scribble out that um, bracket there, it shouldn't be there, sorry. That brings us to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, which goes in to say, Then God blessed them. Now, this is an extremely significant statement. It is, when the bless, uh, it is when the blessing was conferred upon us. And why we can, listen, and should expect everything we do to succeed. God blessed them. God blesses you. Do you understand? That is the blessing. A lot of people miss that. It's a little thing that people miss. You know, we just think, oh, and God bless them. It's like, oh, okay, you're good, go, <laughs> next. It wasn't one of those things. When you read the Old Testament, the blessing was something that was very important. A father would bless the son. It would pass things from one generation to the other. And it began with God blessing man. Interesting, isn't it? And God blessed them. Don't read past that statement. And when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord, guess what? God blessed us. Amen? We should be living a blessed life. You're here. Alright? Means everything should work well. Yeah, we're in a fallen world. Yeah, people will oppose us. Yeah, they can be turkeys. Doesn't matter. You should still live a blessed life. Overall, there should be peace in your home. Overall, things should be going better and better for you every day, every month, every year. Do you understand? Things should be getting better. It should be a blessed life. Doesn't mean you won't have challenges. All right? I have run out of time. We need to stop there and we'll pick this up in session two.